Welcome to Destiny Revival Ministries Sermon of the Week. Thank you for joining us. You can stay up to date through our social media or give from the link in the details. We hope this message blesses you. You can go with me to the book of Judges if you wish. You can open up um, to Judges number seven. Uh, we'll go through that here. Um, I just want to go ahead and, and I was just looking through and, and really, if you look at my notes, it's just, I have slides here. I've got a couple of notes that I, uh, that I was just meditating on and, and I started to write those down this morning because, you know, just so you know, the gist of everything that I'm sharing with you is not in the form of notes because I'm regurgitating something somebody else said about this message. I'm putting pointers here so that I don't forget certain things I'd like to add into this. So I'm not just preaching Scripture here to get a well put together sermon to sermonise you this morning. If sermons could do the job and good preaching and, and just phenomenal, well, uh, well exposed, orthodoxy, hallelujah, on the best possible way of preaching, well put together. If that could do the job, well, we would already be in eternal glory already. Are you with me? So it's not about that. It's about going beyond just what you can read off of a book in points or whatever. While that's great and the principles of the Word of God will work no matter what on the just and the unjust. The principles, well, God's Word is amazing. It's phenomenal. You look at the whole uh, 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 motivational side of the world. I mean, they are using 90% of the Word of God's principles. Some of them don't even know where their principles come from. It's all, I mean, they quote half of Proverbs and they don't even know it. Are you with me? So all things, and number one, it all comes from Him anyway. But what I'm talking about here is not engaging just in principles. The Word of God is not just in principle. Are you with me? Principles are good and principles work, but it is about becoming what that Word says about you. And like you've heard me say many times and you will always hear me say it, is that the, this Word, this living Word that we read, as we read through the New Covenant and the church age, what is the church age? When, when, when the, the day of Pentecost had fully come and they were all in the upper room, that was the day of the beginning of the church age. Are you with me? Uh, and everything Jesus came to do, the pinnacle of His ministry, he, he came to number one, reconcile us with the Father, bring us into a new covenant, but also bring us into this age that, that did not exist for man uh, apart from Adam in the beginning. Are you with me? So God has restored us all the way back to that authority. In other words, God's plan for man that He gave to Adam is still His original mandate and intention for humanity in the earth that we go out and multiply, that we go out and take dominion. All authority that was lost through Adam was given back to mankind through, uh, through the second Adam, the last Adam, and His name is Jesus. He is the head of the church, the authority of the church, and He's given us all power to rule and reign in the earth. And that is what we are awakening the church to 
because the church of God is not gonna move forward because you've got some Hollywood style preachers that have a massive following. By the way, we're not looking for a following. That's the whole problem. We have people following, but are not enough doing and not enough, or I shouldn't say doing. Uh, we, we have, there is doing, but the doing is out of the being. And we're not teaching about how to be this written Word because that Word that we read about, that we read and we quote and we make amazing sermons out of, that was an overflow of the man that they spend time with and his name is Jesus. And the words that they spoke were included in the canon of Scripture that we get to read. So there's the, 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 there's the epistles of the Apostle Paul who has written two thirds of the New Testament, Peter and, and, and John and, and so forth and all the Scripture that we read. But it was a manifestation of their lives. They weren't coming, you know, like I said before, they weren't there with the early church, um, uh, you know, quoting, uh, you know, their wonderful put together sermons. They came and they were walking powerhouses. They were walking glory carriers and the things that came out of their mouth were penned onto paper. We make sermons out of it. The point isn't to be able to make sermons out of what they wrote. The point is to discover the man that caused them to walk that way so that we can walk in that power. So now we become living epistles just like them. That's what we're talking about. Come on now, somebody. And this is very relaxed morning. I hope you're here. Enjoy the ride. <laughs> this is a, a, an intimate setting where I can say some things that I'm not always able to get out because of time and constraints and all of that kind of stuff. That's why we have to have these moments. But just think about what you're hearing today. Christianity is not about getting you to the point where you can put together a well-prepared sermon. No, the emphasis of the ministry is to tell you about the person of Jesus, explain the character of the Father so you can be a confident one in who He is that as you begin to walk in His ways, you will begin to do mighty exploits for Him. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right, now. I thought I'd just throw that in there before we get into what we want to get into here. Um, and so I, I wrote this down, Samson, David, Gideon. How many of you know who Jephthah is? Jephthah, the Bible talks about in, in the book of in, in Judges, the 11th chapter. We won't get into that right now. Um, but I put a little point here. They are anti-polished politicians. Are you with me? They're, they're, they're not politicians. They're not polished David, Samson, Gideon, Jephthah. David was a man of war. Solomon was a man of peace. Different seasons require a different man and a different woman. What was good for one season is maybe not what God is looking for in a different season. It's not that God changes. He just requires a different method and a different way in order to accomplish His purpose. Solomon was good as a man of peace. Are you with me? And David was good as a man of war. 
David wanted to build the, the temple, but, but he, and in, in fact, he did everything that he could but physically build it, although he would have wanted to, but he knew that was the, not, the Lord didn't want him. He wanted Solomon to do that, but, but he invested. I mean, he was heavily invested into the building of the tem- temple, but he understood what his season was and what the next season was. And he was a man of war and bloodshed. This is not the time. Let me just say this. So, so we have had a great season of peace and that is why we've had so much structure. That is why that we've had so much of, of what we've seen in the church world because it existed for a season. And in times of, um, let's say, in times where, uh, you know, the, the, of less chaos, humanity is prone to comfort. Are you with me? Listen to what I'm saying right now. Because we've lived in this, in this for the last 30 to 40 years. And that season has expired. Amen. So we can no longer build on a model like just like the, come on, are you with me? Listen to me right now. Just like the government in the political world. Uh-huh, America doesn't need another good politician. We've had all of that. And I don't want to get into politics here the same, but if you Republican, Democrat, of course we know there's some more conservative values across the island, whatever, but the point of the matter is it's all by design. Both parties are two heads from the same snake. And they select we'll give it to the Republicans this time and then we're gonna find another man for the Democrats and then we're gonna find another man for the Republicans and then we're gonna find another man. It's all by design. They select everybody by choice. It's, and at the end of the day, when they come in and all the promises they make to the people, they never live up to them because the people that are controlling them still get to do what they want. It's just a different face in the office. And all that's happened over the last eight years is America's actually discovered how much manipulation and control there really is. That's why they call it the Great Awakening. Of course, I'm gonna vote for the most godly values. Are you understand? Are you with me? I'm gonna participate and, and you know, you can't, call, you can't, you can't, Complain, uh, you can complain about what, what something you never did. Amen. You have no right to go and complain about the government when you never got off your blessed assurance and put your vote down on a piece of paper. I'm sorry. Amen. So I'm not here to talk politics here this morning. I'm just trying to draw a parallel in that we, 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 we are in a season, listen to me right now, we are in a season of the man of war. Oh, you didn't hear me. I said we're in a season in the, of the man of war. And this is the stuff that I wrote just before coming here. This is not the season of the establishment. And what that simply means is that which has been forged by the hand of man. The system that has been forged by the hand of man, this is not what's going to work in this hour because it's going to take a different man. 
Are you with me? And God's grace is sufficient because even in man's system, God goes beyond the systems of men and He still loves His people in the midst of all of that. And in the season of the great comfort that we have, we are more prone to go into that sort of a system. But now that the shaking has been happening globally, we have stepped into a different season as a church, but we've stepped into a season of, of the, the Davidic man, the man of war. Listen to what I'm saying. So what does that look like at the end of the day as we are engaging in this army? Now, if you wanna join an army, then you've gotta look like a soldier. Don't tell me you wanna join an army and you're there in front of the mirror putting your, your eyeshadow on and you're looking all beautiful. Come on, and a soldier, and I'm not, this is not a, a, a knock on women here. That's not the point. I'm trying to, you don't, and for men included, you're not sitting in the mirror dulling yourself up and powdering yourself. And it's not the hour for those who powder themselves. Are you with me? A soldier gets into his boots. Sometimes he's not gonna shower for three or four days because he's in the trenches. I mean, he smells. And, and uh, come on, I'm not talking about spiritual stench here. I mean, I'm talking about powerhouse people of God that understand that they've got to do what it takes. And in order to do that, we've got to say some things that need to be said and we've got to go for it. We've got to deal with some stuff and we've got to be the men of war and we have to go, uh, uh, we have to go diametrically in the opposite direction of the spirit of religion. Amen. And I'm talking about the church world here today. Because just as there is an establishment in the government, there is an establishment in the church. What do you think Jesus dealt with in His time? Jesus dealt with the church. Who do you think put Him on the cross? The religious people of the day. And you think that, are you blind that the establishment of religion is not alive and well? In denominations, I mean abominations. I'm not knocking anything right now. We, I, I work and I preach in many of them. I'm just trying to, I'm not, this is not a knock on anything. Because most of these things have been birthed in the Spirit, but after years, come on, we, we, become, like, uh, we, we become like relics, you know. Uh, it's a system based on something that God birthed years ago. And instead of staying the course and what birthed you in the first place, that's why I'm saying we are a movement here. And let me tell you, the foundation of remaining in the move of the Spirit and being in the fresh flow of heaven is that we never depart from that which God built us on in the first place, that we don't go and become smart in our own eyes, that we begin to develop systems outside of the help of God. Because whatever you do in the flesh, you will have to keep in the flesh. But whatever God designs by the Spirit, He becomes responsible to keep. Yes. Come on now. So I put you, it's going to take being rugged. It's going to take being a warrior. It's going to take being a soldier. 
it's going to take winding the spirit of religion and we need to deal that spirit a filthy blow that has been a stronghold over the minds of the people of God. It's going to take looking bloody. What do you think you look like in the trenches as you're going to war and there's blood spattering everywhere? Come on, I'm being a little bit graphic here for you today. It's going to take looking a little bit bloody and you're gonna have to come walking with the head of a man in your hand. Come on. Guts and all. David presented himself, you heard it last night, David presented himself before the king and he had Goliath's head in his hand and whatever was still remaining that was hanging beneath it and he came before him and I can tell you right now, whatever garments he had, and I'm sure he had Goliath's blood on, his, on, his, on himself, he had blood all over, maybe on his face, but he came in and he looked like a mighty man of war. He looked like a mighty warrior. He looked like somebody that wasn't intimidated. He was looking looking like somebody that was gonna go big or go home or not go at all. But he was there to become the next king that God had called him to be, to take dominion in the earth. And that's why I'm saying that's the hour. That's God. That's what God's looking for. We are in a season of the man of war where we begin. And the war isn't against the, uh, it isn't, uh, uh, the, 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 the war that we are fighting is we're coming diametrically opposed to the spirit of religion. We're not gonna pacify it. We're not gonna pamper it. We're not gonna pat it. It's not okay because it's holding the people of God back. And it's the same diabolical spirit that put Jesus on the cross. And we wanna play games with it. That's why it's gonna take a man of war to talk about it and not be afraid. And, and by the way, I just wanna go ahead at no point in my conversation or my tone, we are not a people. Come on, if we are in, re, uh, there's a difference between reformation and rebellion. So let me tell you right now, we're not raising up a rebellious army that seeks to tear down. We're not there to tear down, we are there to build. Because there is no rebellion in the Father. Nothing that He does is a, you know, somebody had a ministry called Obedient Rebellion. Give me a break. What are you talking about? Obedient Rebellion Ministries. They don't exist anymore. And I understand the concept, but you know, it's not even, it's wrong. So we're not, a, we're not gonna be another generation that's gonna tear, we're tearing down the spirit. But we're there to build up the people. And this does not happen in the spirit of, of, of 
anger or bitterness. That's what I'm talking about. The rebe- if we are engaging in this thing from a rebellious, hurt, bitter spirit, then we are not coming in with the right attitude. That's not the right heart of the Lord. We're coming, it's okay to have a righteous anger, but it's not okay to be bitter. A righteous anger is very, very different than being bitter. A righteous anger is rooted in that you see with the spirit of discernment, with the eye of the spirit, what that spirit of religion is doing and you're going right after that thing for the sake of the people of God being free. And you're not isolating one man because you have a personal vendetta. Come on, I'm just wanting to paint some clear picture here for you. And, and how beautiful it is in uh, and, and this uh, uh, David in 1 Samuel 22, it says, so David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. Soon his brothers and all the other relatives joined him there. Then others began coming, men who were in trouble or in debt or were were discontented until David was the captain of about 400 men. That's what the Bible says. So David had his misfits. Discontented. And, and here the word discontented, there was a frustration against the system that wasn't right. Are you with me? It wasn't a bitterness. It wasn't, it's this holy frustration that God is stirring in your heart. And, and they began to, he had his misfits. And guess what? What is a misfit? Well, somebody that, the people that have been rejected, the people that have been overlooked. And I'm telling you right now, this is going to be a movement. Listen, how the Bible says God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. So if you're here and, and you're saying, I can't do anything, well, I've got good news. Amen to that because God will take the little bit that you think you can't do and make it something. Come on. If you're here and you say, well, I'm not gonna amount to a whole lot. Okay, maybe we need to get your head out of the trash. I understand that. But, but I'm telling you right now, by virtue of you being in that position, oh, you have something on offer because God will take somebody just like you. He is in the business of taking nothing and making it something. Yes. Amen? Amen. That's why, you know, we, we pay close attention. We're not bringing people that are not gonna contribute to the, to the sound of this house. And if, if we have that, then my God, I'll, the same speed that they came in through the door, the same, uh, the same speed as the, the, that they exit the door. We're here to build the kingdom of God. We have a sound that's in the unity of the Spirit. We're breathing life. I was talking to Pastor Anton as we were on our way to church yesterday. 
And I was telling him one of the most amazing things and I don't care if you like him or not, it doesn't really matter because whatever he said was the truth. Is uh, Kenneth Hagin said this. He said, look, if you're ever going to be in the ministry and you're an, a travelling minister, when you go and travel to the church, he goes, I recommend and I can say we should make it Scripture actually that, that if you are going to preach in churches as a travelling minister, that you have either been serving in a church for many years or have been on staff or have pastored so that you know how to operate inside of the church. Because the ones that cause, the ones that understand the dimensions of how church, how government works, those ones who understand that, when they come, they're there to build brick upon brick upon brick to help establish. You know, when we, when I, I mean, I've ministered for Pastor Cameron in Kentucky. I didn't come and showboat my ministry. I'm there to pour my heart out and to pour into those that God has poured, put into His ministry. And we're there to uh, add value. I'm, I'm there to I'm there to empty myself out for God wants for them as a house to build to leave a lasting deposit. And if sometimes I say things that might be a little bit on the edge, I usually will tell the people, please don't hold this against your pastor. If you've got a problem with what I'm saying, come to me. This is not your pastor saying this. And usually those kind of comments is to help them out because they get, they, you know, sometimes you can say things. I don't, I'm not really that guy, but I'll say it anyway. But, but sometimes, you know, they just, you've got to say some things to help the pastor out, lift up his arms a little bit. Because he can say them. And if he does, it's not going to carry as much weight. Come on. We're building the kingdom. If we're not building the kingdom. And so I'm just trying to say the credibility of a traveling minister is actually in the understanding of how church operates. And if they're not operating, they are illegitimate. If they are not operating in that realm, they are illegitimately operating. Because then they're not building, it's more a sowing of discord. It's more of a drawing to themselves. It's more about a look at me and how anointed I am deal. We're here, we're, we're, we've got to, if we're not establishing, then what are we doing? Are you with me? Come on. Anyway, stick with me here. I know this is a little bit of a, uh, a different word, but it, uh, Jephthah had his misfits. Somebody say Jephthah. Jephthah. Had his misfits. Judges 11 verse 3, then Jephthah, listen to this, Jephthah fled from his brothers and dwelt in the land of Tob and worthless men banded together with Jephthah. Hallelujah, what a privilege to be counted worthless. Hallelujah, <laughs> earthless to men, but not worthless to God. Amen. Every one of you are valuable to Him. Every one of you have a destiny and a purpose to Him. And all people need is to be loved. 
not to be judged and criticised. Let me tell you right now, you can try to judge and criticise or try to work in somebody's life yourself to try and get them to behave like a good Christian. You good Christian, you. You can do all of that, but it means nothing if the heart was never there. You've just taught them how to behave right. My job isn't to teach you how to behave a certain way so we look good and play the part. That's why we have worship here that is led by the Spirit. That's why we have worshipers. That's why we have a people who know how to worship God because when we worship, it's not because you've been taught on how to behave right in your worship. You are so liberated and free. Uh, there's no religious spirit in that you have the liberty. You feel the freedom to be able to worship God the way that you want to. Nobody's gonna look across the aisle and judge you. And we've set the atmosphere that way so that you are worshiping, not because you're behaving right, because you want to worship and you know you can and you have the freedom to do it. Our job is not to try to change people by the hand of man. Our job is to preach the truth in love, but our job is to love you through the process while the Holy Spirit does the work. I can't change a flea. I can't change anybody but I can continue to love you, speak the truth in love and trust the Holy Spirit to do what only He can do. (laughs) And sometimes, let me tell you, as frustrating as that can be, some people can get it in a day and some might get it in 10 years. But I've got to love you through the whole 10 year period. And I choose that for my own sanity. (laughs) Let me tell you, ministers, people in the ministry, and and, uh, Dr. Rodney always says this, you know, like if if you don't master, if you don't grab a hold of what I just said right now about loving people and letting the Holy Spirit do the job, let me tell you right now, you'll look, end up looking like this. You'll have, a, you'll have a straight jacket and you'll look like this. Ministry, ministry, <laughs> ministry, man. <laughs> you'll be in a padded cell. Because religion will teach you how to get into a straitjacket, put you in a padded cell because they told you that you've got to fix everybody yourself and that's never relying on the arm of the anointing. Come on. It's funny, but it's true, right? All right. Let's shift over here, if you will, go with me to the book of Judges. I know we, uh, you can open up to uh, uh, Judges 7, but I'm going to just start out here just to lay a foundation really quickly. Here, Judges, um, let's see, 6 verse 12. Well, let's start from verse 11. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat, sat under the oak that was an Oprah. That's not Winfrey. All right. Which belonged to Joash the Abizrite, as his son Gideon was beating out the wheat 
in the wine press in order to save it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, O you valiant warrior or mighty man of valour. Some other translations would say there. Okay, so I, I, I want you to see this, that mighty man of valour, the word mighty there is actually the word hero. One who behaves boldly or a warrior. A hero is one who behaves boldly or he is a warrior. He calls a mighty man of valour. The word valour is man of force, man of strength and man of courage. Come on, the Lord is with you, you hero and courageous one. The Lord is with you, you hero and valiant warrior, you soldier, you. And let me tell you right now, isn't it amazing that the angel of the Lord doesn't go to Gideon here and say, oh man, look, we're gonna have to have at least a 10 week counselling session because I know you're from the weakest tribe of Manasseh and you're the weakest of that tribe and we're really gonna have to do a job on you, sir. So that we can eventually get you to be this. But right now you're not. Isn't it amazing that when the divine shows up, the divine will never call you by where you are presently situated or by the present circumstances that you are undergoing. When the divine shows up, God speaks and He declares the way that He sees you, but not because He's trying to get you a motivating message to you. When He says, mighty man of valour, mighty woman of valour, courageous hero of the Lord, or He Heroess, if that's even a word. Okay, but, but when He looks and He prophesies and He declares to you, He actually calls you for who you really are. Not, not where you are right now is actually not who you are. He's actually calling you according to your prophetic assignment. And we have a harder time believing the way God sees us. You mighty man of valor, but what? Who are you talking to? Surely you can't be talking to me. God will call you right out of your present circumstances, but God, you don't know what I'm dealing with. No, you don't know who you are. I've dealt with this and I've dealt with that and this one's let me down and that one's let me down. This one's done this against me. That, and you don't understand, I can't do anything because, because, and we come with our list of our becauses on why we can't do it. And God says, no, you don't understand. Listen to me, you mighty man of valour, rise up. You are caught up in a now moment of your present circumstances and you believe that where you are right now is the sum total of your identity and it is not. Where you are right now looks nothing like your future and what God sees about you will come to pass if you will dream and see and begin to have faith in the Word of the Lord concerning you. Yes. Yeah. Hallelujah. 
Then Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened? He's already starting to say like, you're at the wrong place, sir. And where are all His miracles which our fathers told us about? Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian? You, you are a false prophet. You don't know what you're talking about, sir, angel. You're in the wrong place, evidently, or you're visiting the wrong door. You probably weren't here for me. You came to the wrong address. Then the Lord looked at him and said, go in this your strength and deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? Then he said to him, oh Lord, how shall I? There we go again. How shall, he said, listen, I'm gonna cause you to, uh, you're gonna be, you're gonna help deliver the people of Israel from the hand of Midian. Oh Lord, and here we go again one more time. How shall I deliver Israel? Behold, my family is the least in Manasseh and I'm the youngest in my father's house. In other words, I'm the, I'm the weakest of this whole bunch. I'm gonna tell you right now, I, I'm telling you, let the Spirit and the gift of faith fall upon you today that you quit making excuses about why you can't. Because when God designed you, there was no can't in His vocabulary. He didn't set you up with a can't. You need a recant on that can't. You need to repent of your can't. And you need to change your mind and allow the washing of the water of the Word of God to come and renew you and strengthen you to be the hero of God that wants to strengthen you, that is gonna make you everything that He designed you to be. And oh, it's glorious. Come on. So Gideon said to him, if I've now found favour in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who speak with me. All right, let's just shift over to chapter seven. All right. So Gideon is, is born, I mean, he's got an identity crisis going on. We understand that, right? Jephthah, read Jephthah, the story of Jephthah in, in Judges chapter 11. Born of a harlot. I mean, he's got a major identity crisis going on. He's rejected. They have ostracised and they've kicked him out of the camp. And in the time where war was necessary, they came banging down on his door and he says, okay, if you want me to come, but then you better reinstate me and you better make me the head over this whole thing. And that's exactly what God did for him. But he was rejected. He was dealing with an identity crisis. He was illegitimate being born of a harlot. Every The odds were stacked up against him. And let me tell you something. 
something right now. This thing called life with breath in your body, when you come out of your mother's womb, by, uh, by default, life and, 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 and the effects of sin in the world and the people that we deal with, it has been designed to choke you and to stop you and hinder you from that. If you think that, that you've got a whole lot of things stepped up against you, let me go ahead. Let me tell you, everybody has a story and that's not to diminish it. That's not that we cannot sympathise. It's not that we cannot have emotion. That's not that we cannot connect with you and pray with you and understand that it was painful or not painful. It's not that. The point is, is that we have all had a story, but God is wanting to rewrite your story from the beginning because you've been so indoctrinated and you've been so, your, your mind has been so renewed to the demonic assignment that has been stacked up against you. We have to come with a chisel and a hammer and hammer and hammer and hammer at years of believing something a certain way until the water starts coming forth and you begin to come into the place of faith and you begin to see yourself the way that He designed you to be. So that the odds might be forever in your favour. that He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can think or ask for, according, according to the power that is at work within you. Exceedingly abundantly above all that you can think or ask for. According. In other words, Be it that you are fully submitted that He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask. If you will believe in the power that He has put on the inside of you, because if you will tap into that, the exceeding greatness of God for you to be the hero of great courage, for you to be the Davidic man of war. Come on, to you, for you to walk like a Jephthah, to, for you to walk, come on, like Samson, for you to walk in the power of the Spirit, that you've got to begin to believe in the power that is at work within you and that is so powerful because the one that is at work within you is, come on, He has regenerated you. You are a brand new species of being. Begin to identify with the new creation and not the way that stop reasoning with your soul and begin to reason with your spirit. Some of you are living, reasoning Scripture through your soul instead of understanding your soul. Come on, your soul is in a process, but your spirit is completely perfect. Your spirit is completely righteous. Your spirit is completely holy. Your spirit is completely sanctified. And we're trying to deal in this walk with the Lord based on your mind, your will and your emotions. And you are living in the dictates of your soul because your flesh is ruling you. How about getting your flesh to be subject to the inner man and renewing your mind to the hero, the man of courage, the man of war. Come on, the man with the head in his hand with guts sticking out of it.
boot camp. Drop down and give me 25. Hallelujah. I feel faith right now. I feel faith right now. I feel faith right now. I feel a glimmer. I see uh, that we're looking through and as the Word of the Lord's coming, I see you taking your hand on what appears to be a dusty window filled with dust. And as you wipe, the beams of sunlight are beginning to shine through. I see faith and there is a belief in the One who has called you that is being resurrected within you today, that the valley of dry bones of vision and destiny are coming alive again, that the oil of heaven is oiling your every joint. Come on, every part of the Holy Spirit mechanism of of who He's called, the mechanics of heaven are beginning to be oiled and juiced up and made supple and prepared by the hand of the potter as He's beginning to speak to you this morning. Oh, come on, somebody. It's okay. Yeah, the anointing's on you. The anointing's falling on some people right now. I'm going to read quickly here. Just stick with me. Stay in the anointing. Don't shift. I want to read from Judges chapter 7, verse 1. Then Jeroboam, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him rose early and camped beside the spring of Herod. And the camp of the Midian was on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. The Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give Midian into their hands, for Israel would become boastful, saying, My own power has delivered me. Come on, we're living in the season of the man of war, not the man of peace. Our systems, we have become arrogant with our systems and we have said, look at what we have done. The answer for the world has always been designed by God and it has never been that God needed the multitudes of man's strength to get anything done. He's saying, no, humble yourself. God says, Gideon, there are too many with you. So while we are running in looking for, we are running and looking for what Gideon has and God is saying, no, stop running after that. That is not what I want you to run after because that has the strength of man included and what man can do in the accomplishment of just mere numbers. What, where I'm taking you, you have to always have the divine attached to it. If it is no attachment of the divine, then it has not been initiated by God and God's fingerprint is not on it. It is accomplishment of men and you receive your reward in full here, but it amounts to zero in eternity. How can I say that? Very easily. 
Abraham tried to accomplish for God his promise and ended up bringing Ishmael into the world. God waited for Abram and Sarah to be barren and then said, hey, my promise concerning you has not changed. And then supernaturally, miraculously, there we go. The divine finger of God comes with a divine divine intervention. And we have Isaac, the son of promise who was born. Come on, the beginning, come on. uh, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, Israel is birthed out of God, accomplishing through Abraham his promise and not Abraham doing for God what God was trying to do through him. You cannot do it in your own strength. This is not, if it does not have the fingerprint of God, God does not recognise it. How can you say that? Because in Genesis chapter 22, God speaks to him and I've said this many times and I will continue to sing it from the mountaintops. He said to Abraham, he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, your only son, Isaac, your only son. Did he have only one son? No, he already had Ishmael. God didn't recognise Ishmael because Ishmael, Ishmael was a son of the flesh, not the son of the promise. How much we just do, we do what we want, whenever we want to, but it's never with the divine fingerprint of God. And we always have to end up propping it up to keep it. And we know how to dole it up and make it look pretty just so that we can look like we've still got it all together. And we try to con people into that God's on it. Come on. Israel would become boastful and say, "By my, my own power has delivered me. Now therefore come, proclaim in the hearing of the people saying, whoever is afraid and trembling, let him return and depart from Mount Gilead. So 22,000 people went with their tails between their legs and left. But 10,000 remained. Gideon at this point, the man in the wine press is going, Phenomenal. This is just wonderful. How are we gonna do this with 10,000 people? And then God says to him again, the people are still too many. What do you mean? Do you know what we are up against? No, I'm sitting here completely clueless on my throne. Like we go to God and we tell Him what the problem is. Like He is completely poor, clueless, poor, you've got an informed, poor, misinformed God. And he's going, thank you for informing me. I I was not aware of that. Come on. Bring them down to the water and I'll test them for you there. Therefore it shall be that whom of whom I shall say to you, this one shall go with you and he shall go with you. But everyone whom I say to you, this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water and the Lord said to Gideon, you shall separate everyone who laps the water with his tongue as a dog laps, as well as everyone who kneels to drink. Now the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth was 300 men. Now you've got to understand, these men were taken a group by group, because if they lined up 10,000 people on the River Jordan bank one by one, it would have stretched for miles. Are you with me? Well, at least a couple of miles anyway, 10,000 people in a line. So they brought them and some of them came 
and put their head down to the water and drank. Others looked up and lapped the water like a dog. Brought it down. Are oh, you with me? Now we can get all spiritual. Don't make, don't, like sometimes we like to extrapolate stuff. Yeah. Let's not make it more spiritual than what it is. Some, let's just go ahead and say that the first group that looked down, they weren't good because they were opening themselves up for attack because they were not on guard. All right? If there's some significance that you would like to add, great, praise God. But God said those ones that lapped like a dog. So each little group came and maybe there was maybe 100 or 200 and there was maybe four in that group and they separated them. And, and then by the time it was all said and done, they had 300. Are you with me? So the men, so the 300 men, uh, so here we go. It says, I will deliver you. The Lord said to him, verse seven, I will deliver you with the 300 men who lapped and I will give you the Midianites into your hands. So let all the other people go back, each man to his home. So the 300 men took the people's provisions and their trumpets into their hands. Come on, somebody say trumpets. And Gideon sent all the other men of Israel, each to his tent, but retained the 300 men and the camp of the Midian was, was below him in the valley. Now, at the same night, it came about that the Lord said to him, arise, go down against the camp for I have given it into your hands. But if you are afraid, so here we go. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna deliver you and the children of Israel. But if you're afraid, I'm, I'm already giving you my word, right? I'm already giving you my word. But if you're afraid still, even after I've given you my word, it's just like the disciples that, that go from witnessing the miraculous miracle of Jesus feeding the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish, not counting women and children. They witness a supernatural miracle of God. Immediately after Jesus says, hey, get into the boat, meet me on the other side. They get into the boat, are you with me? And the winds and the waves and the storm, instead of holding fast to the super, I mean, instead of having faith that the one who just produced a miracle that fed the 5,000 and the uh, the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish, instead of being in faith, He said, meet me on the other side. That was all they needed. The Word of the Lord was, meet me on the other side. They became afraid instead of going, He said we would meet Him on the other side. We are gonna get to the other side. And here it's the same thing. But if you're still afraid, Gideon, Arise, go down. Uh, he says, but if you're afraid, go down with Pura, your servant, down to the camp and you will hear what they say. And afterwards your hand will be strengthened that you may go down against the camp. So, uh, you know, you might have a little bit of fear right now. If you, wanna, if you understand, I'm gonna deliver you anyway. But if you want a little bit more strength so that you know that I'm with you, go down to the camp with your servant and listen. So he went with Pura's servant down to the outpost of the army that was in the camp. Now the Midianites and the Amalekites and the sons of the east were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts and their camels were without number, numerous as the sand on the seashore. 
when Gideon came, behold, a man was relating a dream to his friend and he said, behold, I had a dream, a loaf of barley bread was tumbling into the camp of Midian and it came to the tent and struck it so that it fell and it turned upside down so that the tent lay, the tent lay flat. And his friend replied, this is nothing less than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. God has given Midian and all the camp into his hand. So God invites Gideon and Purah so that they can be at the right place at the right time to hear a conversation that God has already given a dream to the opposing party that they're about to be pummeled. So Gideon now receives that extra bit of confidence and strength to say, ha, surely the Lord is with me. Are you with me? Okay, we're, 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 I'm just I'm culminating here. When Gideon heard the account of the dream and its interpretation, he bowed in worship. He returned to the camp on Israel. And by the way, the Bible says a barley loaf and the, the Israeli bread kind of looked like, a, like that pita. It was like a pita. How many of you have ever seen a pita bread, the flat pita? It was like a rolling wheel of pita bread destroying the whole thing. And let me tell you right now, Jesus became the bread of life for us. Come on, look at the type and shadow there. That's Jesus coming down into the enemy's camp, plundering the enemy, taking you out of the kingdom of darkness and transferring you into the kingdom of His Son. He returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has given you the Midian to your hands. I'm, 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 stick with me. He divided the 300 men into three companies and put trumpets and empty pitchers into the hands of all of them with torches inside the pitchers. In other words, come on, they had these pitchers uh, with torches inside, but they were covered so nobody could see the light. Are you with me? And he said to them, look at me and do likewise. And behold, when I come to the outskirts of the camp, do as I do. And when I and all who are with me blow the trumpet, then you shall also blow the trumpets all around the camp and say, for the Lord and for Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outskirts of the camp and the beginning of the middle watch and they had just posted the watch and they blew the trumpets and smashed the pitchers that were in their hands. And when the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers, they held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands for, for blowing and cried, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. And each stood in his place around the camp and all the army ran crying out as they fled. And when they blew the 300 trumpets, the Lord set the sword of one against the other, even throughout the whole army. And the army fled as far as Beth Shittar towards Zerera, as far as the edge of Abel, Mahola, but Tabath, and none of those mean anything for what we're talking about here today. But they broke the pictures. They had the trumpet, come on. They came with the clarion call, come on with the prophetic 
assignment of God and they had the pictures, come on, that it was covered up, come on. And when they broke it, come on, in Christ, we received the Holy Spirit that He broke the Holy Spirit open for us. Now the Holy Spirit is not hidden any longer under the old, but the Holy Spirit now is a burning torch in the life of the believer. He is now what was never available before has now become available to you and I in this new covenant. Are you with me? And as they began to obey the Word of the Lord, the trumpets blew, the pitchers ran, the people who were the enemies were set in such disarray by all this commotion of these trumpets. They couldn't see anything in the dark. They didn't have time to put light light or prepare a fire so that they could see. And they all turned on one another and the Lord delivered Midian into the hands of Israel through His servant Gideon, who was a man who was the weakest of the weakest because God can take something. He can take nothing, raise it up to become something for Him. Are you with me? Three hundred men. The victory is ours, but the battle is the Lord's. And in his, in your victory and his battle, the numbers thing is insignificant. The more the odds are against you the more probability you have for God to show up and show out in the most extraordinary way. Are you with me? And then, and then just to top it all off, now Zeba and uh, Zalmuna were in uh, Karkor and their armies with them, about 15,000 men and all were left of the entire, that's all that was left of the entire army of the sons of the east for the fallen, the fallen were 120,000. Come on. Let's count, let's do the odds there. 300 against 120,000. That's 100 for every 40,000. Are you with me? That's 100 men for every 40,000 fallen. That's 4,000 for every 10. That's 400 for every one. Let me tell you right now, and let's just even say this, and God's power is far more superior than 400 to one odd stacked against you. But let's just say that's how much power you've got. You have the ability to conquer 400 as one man. And by the way, I missed it out there, but it actually says here, and, and I just wanna make sure I find it here really quickly. Lord, help me find it really quickly. It actually says and, uh, that Gideon, uh, they, conquered, they conquered as one man. Yes. Yes. Amen. 
And of course it was talking. I'm trying to say that in the plurality, as one man, we will conquer this region. As one man, one man means as an army together, as one man. One man and an army means we are united for the cause, the kingdom and the king's purpose so that he can do whatever he wants to do. The one man. Come on. We are in a time of war. Amen. And it's not like we're fighting with physical weapons and shooting and throwing grenades at people. But we are at war with the spirit of religion. And I can tell you, with absolute confidence and faith in my heart, we are not on the losing side. We are not on the losing side. We are on the winning side. And God has said, uh, we are giving you this territory yeah. as one man. Yes. And we're marching forward. Yes. Three, four weeks ago, the Lord gave us the first word, 120 upper room. And then we've already got there since, you know, for a few, many months now. But the Lord didn't give me like, you know, contend for the 300. Up until about three or four weeks ago on prayer meeting on a Monday night, that after a Sunday service, God said to me, you now have stepped into, now I want you to contend for the 300. And it's so amazing that this past Sunday, and this is where I'm ending. How many of you have been blessed this morning? This afternoon? Isn't it so amazing that this past Sunday, as I'm standing here, that I have the spiritual experience with the Lord and I see myself at the riverbank and I see my feet just at the tip of the water. I hear the sound of the water slowly brushing up against my feet. And on my right, there are two angels standing right next to each other, like Literally, like there was no space between them. 18 foot tall on my right and two angels, 18 foot tall on my left at the water. And God is preparing us and getting our mindset right because we are parting some waters, which means God is about to probably present us with something that He's saying, I'm with you on this and we need to be like Gideon, strengthened in the Lord, because it will probably make us go, I don't know. Are you with me? And maybe at that juncture, maybe you will be part of the 22,000. Maybe you will be part of the 9,700. But we are going to be, there will be those that remain that will lap the water that God is saying we're going forward. And I don't believe that's anybody in this room because God has been building this army. And we're going to go as one man. Hold the line. We're moving forward. Hold the line. Amen. 
I don't know about you, but I feel strengthened in the Lord today. And, and all I'm saying to you here is what are we doing? We're not existing to play church or have a building so that we can come and sing beautiful songs and then we just go out there, do what we want, come back Sunday, sing some songs, praise and worship, hallelujah. And that's fine. We're not gonna judge you. If that's who you wanna be and you wanna do that, that's fine. The point of the matter is that is go ahead. Then you can join any church in the area then that if you want to. Because we'll hand you that. You've got, you can do that in many places. I, I'll pull up on Google Maps. I'll send you to a few of them. Just pick one. Well, here to be the kingdom of God in the earth, not play church. Remember, this is not the time. This is the time of, this is where we are waging war. We are going to go back and we are going to take back what the enemy has stolen from us. We are going to take back what the enemy has stolen from us. We are going to possess the land. And for all we know, God's probably selected a whole bunch of other people and, and praise God. And we can just be humble enough to say, hey, maybe, he, maybe now he's found, maybe now he's found a, a, the one man that he's been looking for. Maybe this time he sent somebody from out of state with a weird accent to come to find the people that he's been preparing for this. Are you with me? It's time. Come on, somebody say it's time. time. Hallelujah. So get ready. Begin to walk every day in divine expectation. Begin to see yourself as the man of valour, the woman of valour that He's called you to be, the hero. Be of strong, be of courage, be of good cheer. And be among those who are pioneering. It's easy to go and sit in the comfort of what's already been ploughed by other pioneers. Oh, I'll say that one more time. It's easy to go and sit down and be comfortable in what others have pioneered. But God wants you to get your hands dirty to be the pioneer that gets to lay the foundation so that the thousands and multitudes coming after the fact will reap the rewards of a few men that have ploughed the ground like warriors and soldiers that dare to believe God, that dare to believe that who they are in Him is who they are in fact, and we go and kick some devil butt together. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. All right, well, that's it. That's all she wrote, folks. Come on, I just, I don't want to make this any any lengthy. You want to say anything or you're good? That's the wrong move. <laughs> Do not, no, no, no. Do not hand a preacher a mic. You good? Thank you for saying you're good. I wasn't going to give you the mic anyway. <laughs> Praise God. All right, well, let's go ahead. And, yeah, go ahead, Paul. Yeah, 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 go ahead. Stand up and, stand up and address the crowd. The crowd? Thursday night, the Lord showed me a submarine. And a submarine is made to go underwater faster than it does on above the ground or above the water. And I was speaking to Jen earlier about it, and the revelation came to me that we are designed to be over our heads in water. We are designed to move 
in the water underneath it faster than we can move above it. To, to have no control, but to go by the flow of the water, which is the Lord directing us. And he showed me a ship earlier, uh, a giant ship, and just taking the steering wheel and spinning it as fast as we can and just spinning a circle. But the, the ship continued to go straight, which said, regardless if you think you have control, I am in control of it. I am steering your path. Come on. And he said, Gideon's army arise. Thank you, Jesus. And he, he also told me, so last night he showed me on the bottom of the ocean, and I didn't know what it meant, but he told me earlier, the water is high, but the spirit is deep. Come on, man. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, this guy, this guy is celebrating one year of being in a full-blown relationship with Jesus. And let me tell you, I've already told you, watch this space. This is a this is this man has been set apart for the kingdom. Amen. Of course there's many many of you. I'm just picking on him because he's up here. But one year full of the fire. And and religion will tell him, "Now you just simmer down now." Come on. You you get those brand new Christians coming into church environments and 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 they're so excited and the deacons, I mean the demons in the church and they come up to the deacons and they're full of on fire and the deacons look at them and hallelujah. I used to be just that way before, but just you wait, you're gonna be mature just like me, hallelujah. And then the poor guy goes, man, I've got to look like that one day. Seriously. just get a tap on the shoulder. That's, that's wonderful, son. Wonderful. Praise God. And in the back of the heads, they're going, well, he doesn't know what he's in for. Lord, have mercy. He's got the joy of his salvation. The other one looks like they've been baptized in lemon juice. All right. Quickly, we'll go ahead and do one more thing. If you want to give, we'll pass offering envelopes around. We are receiving offerings for all the services. Again, I want to tell you, I know some of you are prepared to give once and you're going to be prepared to do that, but let's just go ahead and make that available for you. Um, If we can pass those out. Um, If you don't use the envelope, just leave it on the seat. That's fine. But if you want to give, then write checks out to DRM for those of you watching by live stream. Watch. Um, uh, destinyrevivalministries.com click on the your support button where you can give safely and securely and then lastly if you want to give with your smartphone turn your smartphone into a payphone go to um, and text the word give to 337-4343-777 that's 337-4343-777 you'll be able to send the word give on a text to that number and you will get a text back with a place where you can give safely and securely I say safely and securely all the time because in our links, it is HTTPS, which is for your security so that you know, uh, you know nobody's getting a hold of anybody's information. Praise God. Hallelujah. Go ahead and take the envelopes. If you're giving, then go whenever you're ready. If you are writing out checks, again, make them out to DRM or Destiny Revival Ministries. Uh, or cash, put it in an envelope and then just drop it in the offering basket on my right, your left. 
And that's all she said, folks. Come on, let's just stand right now this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Can we give Jesus a shout of praise right now? Thank You, Father. Lord, we just glorify You in this house. We thank You for what You are doing. Lord, that this Word today is an establishing Word, Father. Lord, a Word that solidifies what we are engaged with, what we are anchoring into, and what You are calling us as one man to accomplish. I thank You, Father, for the leaders that You are continuing to send us, for the voices that You are continuing to raise up, for the army that You are bringing together, Father, ultimately so that we can push back the forces of darkness, that we can plunder hell to populate heaven. That, Father, in this vision is the supernatural, the room. We have made room, Father, for the power of God to move, for signs and wonders, miracles, the dead raised, souls saved. All of that, Father, without without hindrance. And I thank You, Father, that every bit of live in every high place that is in our mind, that we are, we, we bring those hard places down, Father. We humble ourselves before You for the sake of unity, Lord Jesus. We honour You. Father, I thank You that as each one goes their separate ways today, Father, tonight we, as we come back at 6.30, I thank You, Father, that wherever they go as they fellowship, I thank You that Your power, Your presence just shakes them to the core on the inside. Speak to them, minister to them breathe fresh direction to them in the mighty name of Jesus and all those that love the Lord said Amen. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Be blessed in the joy of the Lord. God bless you everybody. Amen.